Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. Hello, hello, and welcome. Today I'm talking to Stephanie Stahl, who is a German clinical psychologist, and she's the author of over 10 books, and she's got a new book out called The Child in You. Now we get into topics like how we can stop the past from holding us back in our lives because none of us get through childhood unscathed. It doesn't matter how lovely your parents were or how nice your childhood was. We still take things on board from our early life experiences. So she really talks about how we can do this inner child work and what are the practical steps that we need to take in order to stop the past from holding us back, these imprints as Stephanie calls them. We also get into the topic of introversion. And I know that lots of you listening are introverts or consider yourself introverts. And we talk about the positive aspects of being an introvert and why Stephanie wishes she was an introvert herself. There's loads more that we cover in this episode. It's a really nourishing, interesting episode. Her book has just been released in England, but it has done incredibly well in Germany, sold over a million copies. So it's something that's really resonating with people. So I hope you enjoy this discussion. I would love to support you more in your journey to becoming a calmer and more confident version of yourself. If you want to come over to my website, karma-u.com, I am going to send you some free resources. You can click one of the buttons on that homepage and get sent either my anxiety toolkit or my free confidence affirmations. And there's loads there that can support you in your journey. And I also love to hear from you. Come and find me on Instagram. I'm on there every day sharing ideas, sharing support, things that I find helpful. I think you will too. And you can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. So let's get into the interview with Stephanie Stahl. Thank you, Stephanie. Welcome to the Karma You podcast. How are you today? Thank you very much. I'm I'm fine. Thank you. I mean, this uh, whole corona thing is getting on everybody's nerves, I think. So I'm really a bit tired of this, but what can I do? I can't change anything. Yeah, yeah, right there with you. Can you share a little bit about what it is that you do and how you got to where you are today? Uh, Well, actually, I'm a psychotherapist and um, I do a lot of seminars and I'm writing books and 
Yes, how I got to this. You, you mean how I uh, come to this concept of the inner child or to the book or yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, tell us about, so your, your new book is called The Child in You and it's done incredibly well in Germany and, uh, it's, it's released in England now. And, um, yeah. Can you tell us about how you, how you came to write that book and, and also what is, what do you mean by the inner child? Well, the inner child actually is, uh, nothing really new in psychotherapy or in psychology, but I invented a new approach to the inner child. And I invented this through my work as a psychotherapist. And that's the reason why my approach is very pragmatic and hands-on. And in my model, the shadow child represents our childhood imprints that we all developed during our upbringing. And the shadow child stands for the rather problematic imprints because there are not such things as perfect parents and perfect childhoods. And what one has to know is that when we are born, our brain is only 25% developed. And this is only about very, very basic functions of the brain, like the regulation of hunger and satiety or regulation of uh, thirst or heat. And all higher brain functions like our differentiated emotional system or higher cognitive functions will be developed during our upbringing. So our first caregivers who are usually our parents, have a huge impact on how our brain will be configured, you know. So all the synapses uh, connect and build up. And so these deep imprints work later on in life, like lenses we look through to see the world. I just want to make an example. For example... I have, yes, in my book, Michael plays plays a role. And uh, Michael's parents were running a bakery and they have had four children. So they were often overwhelmed to meet their children's needs for care and really uh, to see their their children's needs. And so little Michael had often the feeling that his parents just didn't really care for him. And as any little child, little Michael didn't think, oh, mommy and daddy are totally overwhelmed and maybe they shouldn't have had four children. But he thought and felt, I'm not enough. I'm I'm a burden. I'm too much here. And this is how these deep-rooted beliefs come about. And these beliefs, they are having such a big impact on our feelings and, and, and thinking and all our behaviors because these deep imprints are carried over into adulthood later. So the adult Michael still often thinks that he's not enough, that he's not important. So when his girlfriend, Sarah, for example, just forgets such a simple thing as to buy his favorite chips, he doesn't think, oh, she has forgotten to buy my chips, but he thinks and feels, oh, here we are again. My my needs are not important. She doesn't love me. I'm not enough. So she doesn't care for me. And of course, these feelings and thinking 
leads to an external behavior, and this behavior is often that he starts uh, that he starts discussing and fighting and having arguments with Sarah. And Sarah herself has an inner child, a shadow child, and Sarah's parents cared very well for her, but they set very narrow boundaries, and they have had awfully precise ideas about right and wrong. So Sarah often couldn't meet the expectations of her parents, and she got often the feeling that she she's not enough as well. So one can easily imagine how these two inner childs, you know, are starting to get entangled within this relationship and their discussions because Michael is more the type who starts getting angry and starts arguments and starts fighting. And Sarah is more the sulking type. So she's withdrawing and starts sulking up to three days. And if they had both a clear idea why they act like this and why they feel often like this, if they had a clear idea about their shadow child, they could start to get a healthy distance from these old childhood programs. So, so interesting. And it's interesting because I remember when I, I'm a therapist as well. I remember when I first started having clients, I was really surprised in a way that a lot of people didn't know about the fact that your early life experiences can impact you later in life. And I think people are talking about this more, but still I hear from people saying things like, you know, my parents were brilliant, they were great. I could never blame them for things that that happened. Is that something that you notice that people don't want to blame their parents or make them wrong or kind of admit that maybe they caused problems for them? Absolutely. The thing is that children have a very deep loyalty to their parents. And these loyalty is often also carried over into adult life. So it's very important to me that I explain my clients that it is not about blaming the parents, but it's all about to get a clear idea about your own psychological and mental programs. And if you want to have a clear idea of that, you have to have look on your own upbringing because there are all these imprints made because what I said at the beginning that we are born with an unfinished brain. But if people have a strong resistance to look on their imprints, that is often a hint that they are still in this very, very deep loyalty. And that means actually that they still rather blame themselves than blaming their parents, because that is what little children do, like Michael. Michael didn't think mommy and daddy are overwhelmed, and maybe they should take some parenting advice, but he thought and felt, I'm too much, I'm not enough, so he blamed himself. And this pattern is often stays within adulthood, so people prefer to blame themselves rather over blaming the parents. I once had a client who's, who stuck very deeply to his old belief systems of his shadow child. And although he, he, it was to him mentally clear that it all came from his very difficult childhood, but he couldn't just, he couldn't detach from these old belief systems. So I asked him, listen, 
usually we never do anything, although it seems weird or it seems objectively destructive, that we stick to old systems, but we always have a good reason. Maybe could you take a moment to think and feel what is the good reason that you stick so strongly to your old belief systems and to your shadow child? So he went into himself, so he he got a deeper connection or, or build up a deeper connection to his own feelings at this moment. And then it suddenly came into his mind and he said, quite spontaneously, well, if I would get get rid of my old belief systems, I really had to admit how really bad it was with my alcoholic mother. Mm. It was somehow clear in his head. Yes, she was an addict. It was bad. But actually, it didn't touch his feelings. And then he suddenly, he suddenly understood. If he wanted to detach from his old belief systems, he really had emotionally to admit how bad it really was with his alcoholic mother. And that is often the reason why people um, have an inner resistance to proceed to new beliefs and, and, you know, to a healthier, healthier belief system and healthier feelings, which are represented in my approach by the sunshine. Like the shadow child, the sun child, and the inner adults that are the three um, mental entities with which I'm working in my approach. And within my experience, these three entities are absolutely sufficient to solve almost any problem with it. Yeah. So, so the shadow child is the, the kind of the part of us that is holding on to the imprints that are maybe less desirable that are holding us back or causing us kind of problems. And then the, the sun child is that the more, I don't want to use the words like positive and negative, but the more favorable side of the inner child. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The uh, sun child stands, first of all, for our positive imprints because the most parents do quite a few things right. After all, not everything happened bad in our childhood. And moreover, and very, very important, the sun child stands for all the new beliefs, the new behavior, uh, the new attitudes we are able to shape now as adults because we are not longer at the mercy of our parents. So we are able now to come to, to, to new insights, to new attitudes and to new beliefs. So which are much more realistic for our current life. And is gaining awareness of this enough to change it? So if we start to to sort of dig into our past and we look at things that have left those imprints and we acknowledge that our parents may have been responsible, is that enough? Or what other sort of process needs to take place to start to, to change that? In my experience, awareness is a big, big part of it, because as soon as you um, become aware of these old programs, you can create a little distance to them. What I try to make an experience for my clients and for my readers is the thing that these all these beliefs actually don't belong to you, but belong to your parents, because they're actually not a certificate 
for your self-esteem or your self-worth. If you think I'm not enough, then it actually doesn't say anything about your worth, but it says only something about the at least partial overwhelm of your parents. And I created a little and very, very simple exercise, but which is actually so helpful in daily life. And this exercise is named Catch Yourself and Switch. Catch Yourself and Switch. So what I do with my readers and with my clients is that we really draw down this shadow chart on paper, on paper. That is so helpful. You know, you you make... You create a little silhouette of a little child. You, you write down next to the head, mommy and daddy. And then you, you note down in short terms, in short keywords, how they've treated you. And then you think about what are my beliefs? You go in yourself to feel what are my beliefs. And you know, these beliefs in the chest area of this little child, because they are here, you know, that are your beliefs. And then you figure out which feelings are typically linked. To these beliefs, for example, with Michael, when he doesn't feel enough, first of all, he feels hurt and injured, and then very quickly angry. That is what we, what everybody knows, this connection between, you know, injury and when your self-esteem is hurt, that you get angry. So Michael is injured and angry. These are his typical shadow child feelings. And then that is most importantly, I uh, figure out with the readers or my clients, what are your self-protection strategies? So what do you do with all this program to compensate it? And for Michael, it is, for example, a typical self-protection strategy that he's striving for perfectionism. Perfectionism, and but he also tries always be on top of the things, to be in power, so to control things. He's a control freak, he's a perfectionist, and... These are his typical self-protection strategies. And if you have really this picture of your shadow child in front of you, it gets so clear to most of the people, hey, that is all my problems and issues are about. It's it's always the same. It's just a topic and variation of the topic. So, And that creates a distance to come back to your questions. I haven't forgotten it. Um, And then... In your daily life, when you're completely aware of your shadow child, then all you have to do is to keep this awareness in your daily life. And as soon as you catch yourself, oh, I'm again in my shadow child mode. Yes, I'm injured. I'm angry. You know, I'm, I, I, I think again that I'm not enough or that uh, people just don't see me, don't respect me. Then... You have an awareness now because you reflected on your shadow child. You became aware of your program and then you catch yourself and then you switch either to the adult eye. The adult eye stands for our rational thinking. The adult eye, so to say, the seed of reason in the adult eye, the emotions don't play a role, but just this rational thinking. And when you switch to your adult eye, that means that you get into the observer position. And when you are in the observer position, you can look from the outside on yourself, which is actually 
the core of self-reflection that you can, you know, create a certain distance and look from the outside on yourself. And from there, Michael could see just in time before he starts getting angry, oh, it's Sarah, it's not mommy. And she just has forgotten to, to buy a bag of chips, that's all. And she has forgotten to buy the bag of chips because she's not perfect and neither am I. So this whole interpretation of I'm not enough and I'm not important and so on, he could stop it just in time, in the right time, before he starts getting too angry because strong feelings, be it anger, be it sadness, be it anxiety, be it even positive feelings like enthusiasm or, you know, when you fall in love, you know, you're full of positive feelings. All strong feelings do block our rational thinking. So the point is you have to catch yourself on time before your feelings start getting too strong. And I know from so many people who are exercising this, they tell me just even only by this exercise of catching and and switching that they have changed within weeks and months their mental programs. And then, of course, the sunshine comes into play because what my approach makes different to other approaches to the inner child is, first of all, you, you don't, it's not only about feelings like in, in, in former approaches, but it's about the feelings. It's about the self protection strategies and it's about this clear target state, the clear vision of your healthy self, which is represented by the sunshine. So it's much, much easier to let old programs go. When you have a new program, you know, but a new and realistic program where you can stick to, it's much easier, you know, if you have a clear vision, when I'm not anymore the shadow child, but what am I then? You know, what describes me, who who I am then if I'm not the old shadow child? So that is why the sun child vision is so important. Yeah, it's so brilliant. It's so useful. And as you were talking, I was I was thinking about today and I was thinking there was probably several times where the hurt child in me has become activated and I've had to sort of reason with myself and try to bring in that adult part to not snap at my partner or get kind of annoyed about something or sort of express that that shadow child. And uh, how amazing if we could be, be more aware and start to catch those programs and those patterns before they escalate. And it's really interesting when you were talking about, you know, when we're engaging with another person, there's two inner childs, you know, <laughs> engaging with all their, you know, programming and all those imprints that they've, they've carried. And, you know, no wonder we struggle with our relationships and we, you know, <laughs> find that difficult when sometimes it's the children, the, the hurt and angry children that are in charge and not the, and not the adults. I think uh, the beauty of it is that it's actually so simple. And that is the reason why this book is so extremely successful. Because it's not about that you have to work through all your childhood experiences again and again, which is actually proven in recent neurobiological studies for not being good and appropriate. Because the more and more you go into this old hurt feelings and these old wounds, the more and more you establish 
your synapses and your these paths within your brain, you make them broader and broader for these negative feelings and patterns. And I think, and that is my whole experience as a psychotherapist, what people actually do need to know is the central theme. The central theme. The central theme of Michael's childhood is that he was because of the overwhelm of his parents, sometimes neglected, and that his parents couldn't meet his needs for attachment and for bonding in an appropriate way. That is the overall topic of his childhood. So he hasn't, it's not necessary that he works through all these memories and experiences that he has had with his parents, but to know this is my shadow child. This is actually the matrix, the matrix I'm living in. That is my matrix, uh, the shadow child. So every time when I get the feeling, which I get very, very easily in my adult life, because I have this shadow child wound, that somebody is not respecting me, that somebody seemingly not respecting me, seemingly um, thinks I'm not important, I have to be very, very careful, but because then I'm in the old matrix of my childhood, which is not anymore true for my adult life. And really to give, you can do this also really by imagining, by making an inner picture to give these old beliefs back to your parents because they belong to them, because they're totally arbitrary. If Michael's parents behaved differently toward him, and had more time and maybe fewer children, just maybe just Michael, he would have developed completely different beliefs. That makes clear how arbitrary these beliefs are. And then the the sunshine, and the one of the first steps you do within creating the sunshine that you build new beliefs, new beliefs which are realistic and appropriate for your adult being. For example, in Mike's case, it could be, I'm enough. And if you feel too strong resistance against the belief I'm enough, then you could shape it into I'm enough for my children or I'm enough for my friends because it's most important that the new beliefs, that you can accept the new beliefs at least by your adult eye i.e. by your rational mind and your rational thinking that you say, yes, that is much more appropriate to have this belief. And then it comes to the self-reflection strategy. So we come from self-protection to self-reflection. If um, Mike's self-protection strategy is perfectionism and always keeping the power and to be in control, he could think about more appropriate behaviors that is, for example, to say good is good enough. I don't need to be perfect because my perfectionism is has the only aim and goal to make myself somehow bulletproof. Because if I often think and feel that I'm not enough, many people who have this belief, and there are many, their aim in life is not to achieve certain goals, but only to defend themselves from injuries. So their aim is actually 
not being defended, not being offended, not being offended. So their aim is to keep away any criticism or any rejection. And they unconsciously think the best way for this is to be perfect because if I'm perfect, I'm flawless. And if I'm flawless, nobody can criticize me or can reject me. But, you know, there's this self-protection strategy, it doesn't amount to anything because there's always a higher, better and bigger, you know. So yeah. it's much better to work directly on your self-esteem that you establish a feeling of being enough and also under the condition that you make mistakes and that you have some shortcomings and to establish the idea good is good enough. Yes, and instead of always, you know, take control and to be on the top of things, um, to establish a little bit more trust and to get on eye level with other people. Yeah, I relate to that a lot personally. And I know that it's impossible to try to control what every other person in the world thinks of you. And yet that's almost what we're trying to do when we're trying to sort of project this image of perfection. It's just impossible and uh, I'm going to make a guess that 100% of the people listening to this podcast now probably relate to not feeling good enough in some way. I yes. imagine, you know, it's so, so common, isn't it? And, and yet people always think they're, they're the only ones that think that. You know, time and time again, I notice that we, we sort of think, oh, everyone else has got it all figured out and only I am deficient and that sort of thing. But it's just not the case. I really wanted to ask you, because I know you've done a lot of work on introversion and extroversion. And I was really curious, can you share a bit about that? Is it something that's genetic? Is it something that we can change? You know, I know I know as well that most people listening to this podcast are probably going to identify as introverts as well. So I, don't, yeah, I wonder what you could, could uh, share about that. Yes, introversion and extroversion are meant to be uh, highly uh, genetic. And I think uh, many parents can uh, confirm that, uh, that some children are just more and more introvert and others just more extrovert. Basically, uh, this is a concept of energy, how you recharge actually your batteries. Extroverts recharge their batteries by nice contacts with the outer world. They need more input. They need more connection to other people. And introverts recharge their batteries by being alone for a time. For example, if an introvert comes home from work, he usually needs at least half an hour just to be on himself, you know, to recharge his batteries. And and the extrovert can easily, in other times than Corona, go to the pub after the work because and meet some people and have a nice chat, you know, and because he's or she is recharging her batteries with having nice, nice chat or to be in contact with other people. But there are so many other psychological traits clinging to these conceptions. Extroverts are more prone to take risks. They're a bit a little bit more superficial. They have easier times to make decisions. They are more talkative. They can talk while thinking. They need more company. They can uh, represent themselves better on stage or within a team setting, you know, talking and to present themselves and their ideas. Introverts are more risk adverse. They think more. You know, they 
they are more careful and actually they, they indeed have less excellence than extroverts have. They go more into the depth. They can concentrate very, very long and focus very, very long without any interruption on a concept, on a work. So there are so many psychological traits uh, that belong to these concepts. And I've been writing a whole book about personality types. And this book is all about these inborn traits. And actually, that is what I find so interesting. My book, The Child in You, is about your childhood experiences, how your experience that you make in life, especially with your parents, shapes so many of your, it shapes your self-esteem, actually. shapes your self-esteem. And the self-esteem is the epicenter. It's the epicenter of our psyche. So if an extrovert child meets parents who are neglecting it, it will develop probably the same belief, I'm not enough, but because the child is extrovert, it has different self-protection strategies. The extrovert's child is more prone to seek help from teachers or talk, you know, to talk out and talk about its problems at or the extrovert adult later, why the introvert child is more prone, you know, maybe to deep dive into its world of fantasies and books and movies to withdraw, to withdraw, to keep himself, yeah, keep himself safe. Whereas the extrovert child will tend to, you know, go more into the outward word to to play with friends to forget while playing with friends or to open up and to talk people to seek actively help for its problems at home so the self protection strategies and the way the children are dealing with their problems will be different so so interesting and um yeah i think sometimes i i consider myself an introvert and sometimes there can be this sense of oh, you know, we should be an extrovert, like society maybe values extroverts in more highly in certain situations, definitely. But thinking of it as something that's genetic and actually thinking that there are really positive aspects to being an introvert. Me? I like that. I often wish I yeah. was introvert because introverts, yeah. like my husband is introvert and I admire his independency of the outer world. You know, he could, for days and weeks, you know, he could dive into his books and into his movies and I'm so I feel always so um dependent on uh, community and friends and you know <laughs> to see each other and so introverts have many many uh, wonderful abilities yeah good and I suppose as well during lockdown the extroverts have not been okay so I hear I've had yeah, maybe, maybe a harder time us. that's for yeah. sure yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe it's better to be an introvert after all. That's good. Good news. Thank you so much for everything you've shared. I think it's so, so useful. And just having that awareness of how these imprints from our childhood can hold us back and how we don't have to let them continue to rule our lives, that we can do things to to help ourselves. I think that's one of the things I really took away from your your book, this kind of hopefulness that we don't you know, we can change things and we can we can work through the limitations that we may have. 
Can you share about where people can find out more about you and um, anything else that you're offering or where they can buy your book and, and that sort of thing? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, the book is everywhere available where you can buy books, uh, be it in the internet, be it in the bookstore. And I have an English website that is Stephanie Star, like my name, but I guess my name will be in your show notes as well. Yeah. Stephanie yeah. Star, one word, and then dot com. And there I share my concept and I have also um, some meditations that you can download there for the shadow child and for the sun child to establish the to, to comfort the uh, shadow child on a deeper level to make your sun child shine. And I have a personality test about how much closeness you need in a relationship. So there are many things and uh, about the concepts of my book and everything you can find on stephaniestar.com and I'm on Instagram as well. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for everything you shared. Great. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> you have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Brotheridge. Don't forget you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmayou.com. You can also find out about my app and my one-on-one sessions. Please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out there every day. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today. So I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a brilliant week ahead. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.